pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It's the 22nd of November, so join us now on the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travers on Magic Talk with our regular canine behavioural slot. This week we're going to be talking about puppies and what you should be thinking about before you buy one. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs will tell us more about this and the ones to avoid, the work to look forward to. It's not all plain sailing, is it, Darren? No, it's not. Good morning, Roman. How are you today? Very well. You sound loud and clear coming in from the Waikato studio there. Beautiful sunny day as well. Oh, stop showing off. It's not so... Come down for a holiday, mate. I I probably should. I need a holiday after my holiday. Sometimes... We've got proper roads here as well. I know. Stop showing off. So some of the... Tell us about some of the things that people do overlook when buying a puppy, especially with Christmas coming up. Yeah, so I think I think the most important thing for me is that you've got to think that's that classic thing of puppies for life, not just for Christmas. And I think people forget that and they think, oh, it's really cute and fluffy. They think they've got their time maybe to put in over Christmas when mm. in real fact they don't because they've got visitors coming over. But um, there was a, um, I think it was PD Insurance have put out a, a release this year um, just saying that, trying to make it a bit more realistic so people understand exactly what's involved when they get a puppy for Christmas. So I've got a little list here that we can start to go through and hopefully we'll get some calls in between times. But mm. um, dogs can live for up to 19 years. We had a Jack Russell that lived to 19. Wow. So that's, an, that's a long time, right? So first thing is when you buy a dog, don't buy it for your kids. Buy it for your family, okay? Because I guarantee your kids are going to leave home and your dog's still going to be there mm. and they won't take it with them. No. <laughs> okay. And also when it comes to the training, um, you don't don't leave the training up to your kids. It's not worth it. You wouldn't let some uh, a five-year-old train your three-year-old, would you? No. You know, Let's go back to that point you made, though, about the longevity of a dog's mm. life. So, for example, at the age of 52, if I go and buy myself a husky or a, a Welsh border collie or whatever it is, something that loves yeah. to work hard, and I'm slowing down, do I need to think about that more, do you think? Yeah, so that lifestyle is really important, isn't it? And and I think people, um, some of the some of the things I get, a lot of older people do buy the little small dogs, and the small dogs tend to live a lot longer than the bigger dogs. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the best choice to to have. Um, mm. Some of the little terriers just keep going and going and going. They really do. Yeah. <laughs> so Your yeah, second definitely. point, though, Darren, is key to it. Hey, by the way, you can jump on board and have a free chat about dogs, whether you've got one or not. Get the best of advice here for your dog from Darren Rowe, 0800 844 747. The training and the care, this is key to it, isn't it? It is, yeah. And we've got to make sure that that first 20 weeks when you have your pup, well, in fact, the first eight weeks is the most important. That's why the breeder you select has to be a really good one because um, it's almost like their whole personality is being developed within that first eight weeks. And if we get it wrong in that first eight weeks, then really you're onto a road to to nowhere when Mm. you get your puppy. So that's really important to to do your research around your breeders. Don't just pick some random person off trade me because you have no idea. They might be really good, but they might not be. Mm. Um, so, So, and then when you get the dog, that's the most important thing again that the next sort of like 10 15 18 weeks because the dog's whole brain is developing there and the fear of things um that socialization just just on a note of socialization don't forget socialization is not just playing with puppies it's people it's cars it's noises fireworks it's Mm. smells it's everything touch you've got to bombard your puppy in a safe way and that's the most important thing it's not just throwing your puppy at things it's actually having positive experiences Mm -hmm. Um, there's a whole lot of science behind the stresses and and how stress um good stress and bad stress stuff like that but you've got to give your puppies positive experiences of new things not just experiences of new things so a couple of things there go to the new zealand kennel association get a a breeder that's got reputation that's worth repeating and being reputable and also um i had something else there too 
Oh, now in terms of buying a puppy itself, regardless of the breed, how young is too young to take it from its mother? Oh man, it's, I've, I've heard stories now that we're getting puppies at six weeks old. That's way too young. Um, in the UK, we wouldn't get our puppies until they were 12 weeks old. Right? It's probably changed a bit now because I've not been back for a while. But I even think eight weeks old is too too early, personally, mm. um, because they're still developing. They're still forming those bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get if you buy a puppy and they say you take it at six weeks, don't touch the breeder. I'm sorry. It's just really irresponsible as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, at least eight weeks. That's, that's a standard at least. And then you've got the passive immunity through colostrum yeah. taken from yeah. the mother when they're feeding. So there's all that important stuff oh. you need to make sure has happened. Definitely, 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 yeah. Um, the other good thing you could do is um, this time of year, especially now we're, we're not in lockdown and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of breed shows mm. and they're the, the showing ones. So they sort of like walk around the ring with the different dogs. If you go to those um, and they're all over the country, you can go to the Kennel Club and find out the this sort of um, uh, calendar for that. If you go to those shows, go and speak to the breeders. They're, they're lovely. They're, they'll all tell you all about their dogs. They'll tell you about when their next litter's coming. Mm. And you'll really get the full details about that particular breed, not just something you read on the internet. Yeah, good points. Uh, pests, uh, pets, they're not pests. Some dogs can be, but <laughs> pets, I should say, cost quite significant money, don't they? Yeah, I mean, geez, this this year has been a bit of an um, extravaganza for us. I think we've probably spent about... Uh, I don't know, it must be five or six thousand dollars on on pets. We mind you, we have eight dogs, so I mean that's that's a fair old amount of dogs, isn't it? But mm. but um, that could just be for one dog. So when you get your puppy, you know you need to be really thinking. Um, I'm going to spend at least a thousand, two thousand dollars on that dog this year, and that's not including vet bills. That's just toys and treats and foods, and probably more than that. That the cost just mounts up. So the one thing I, I kind of always recommend: really do your research on how much it costs to have a puppy, because the last thing you want to do is get a puppy and then not be able to afford it because then yeah. it's obviously going to go to a rescue home, isn't it? Yeah, do your research. Talk to someone like Darren Rowe or to your local vet or whatever. Just go to the yeah. kennel club. Yeah. The number to call no, right now to get some really good advice from Darren Rowe is 0800 844 747. You can text if you're a bit shy on 3920. That's a significant cost, isn't it? And then if you get a breed that has... Um, all sorts of, I don't know, things like hip dysplasia and stuff yeah. that goes on. The surgery costs can be huge. It does, yeah. And that's, and again, that's all just down to you doing your research and picking the right breeder. Ask the breeder those questions. You know, what's the hip score of the mum and dad? That's the most important thing. Mm. Um, do, do you know? Do your research on terms of um, go to the vet and ask them what kind of illnesses are generally in that line of dog. And there's some pretty horrendous ones that could cause cost of fortune. And if it's if it's in the breed or within that that genetic line of the breeder then you don't want to touch them really okay um, and and that that breed is probably a little bit um irresponsible to breed those dogs in if that makes sense and yes. most most good breeders won't do that they do in fact they do the opposite all right are you a fan of pet insurance i am um yes i am and i'm not i um, i kind of think it's really important as a puppy i would definitely do it as puppies and then i would see how um how many illnesses go on but we've been hit we, we put lots of money away obviously i think dogs we have to um Yes, for big things, definitely pet insurance, I think, is there. Like, um, we had a, a knee operation on one of the dogs, and, mm-hmm. and that was very useful because that was like sort of five, $6,000 um, a couple of years back. Um, but for your average sort of thing, I think you just need to actually save some money as well. Yeah. So put some money away because a lot of the insurances don't cover the, the basic things. So make sure you've got the money. Don't assume that your insurance is going to cover everything. Back with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs in just a moment with your call as well on 0800 844 747. One thing we need to counter here and we need to expect is it's like people having a baby and saying, oh, my life's not going to change. I'll still do all that. It will change, won't it? <laughs> um 
completely. <laughs> so don't expect to sleep for the first six weeks. Probably. Oh, wow. And in fact, if you're lucky, set your alarm. Some, some people's puppies sleep straight through the night, and, and I applaud those guys, and it's just luck because the next dog you get, it ain't going to be like that, I guarantee. Um, set your alarm sort of two o'clock, four o'clock, and get up and take your puppy out. So, so it's a bit like a baby. Well, it's exactly like a baby, isn't it? At the end of the day, you, you're going to be up. You're going to be screaming. The dog's going to be angry. You're mm. going to be angry. <laughs> yep. Um, they're going to poo and pee everywhere. They don't wear diapers, and please don't put diapers on your dogs. It's not a good look. No. Um, but they're um, they're going to pee and poo everywhere. You're going to be picking it up. You know, it's not a it's not a um, it's not a holiday, no. <laughs> shall we say? And no. it's frustrating and annoying. Okay, all right. Here's a text in that says, "G'day, Roman. If you're after a manly dog that will go for a run with you, or just be happy sitting on the couch snuggling." That fits beautifully in the car. Get a cockapoo. What the hell's a cockapoo? Cockapoo is a cocker spaniel poodle. But oh dear. just remember, a cocker a cocker spaniel is a hunting bird dog or a bird hunting dog, and a poodle is a, a duck hunter. Right. So remember, you're not just getting a fluffy, cuddly thing. You're getting a hunter. No, no, I'd be getting a real dog. Thing. That sounds That's interesting. Important thing. Yeah. Important thing to remember, yeah. Now, one of the things you've got to be wary of here is be mindful of where the person lives. If they're in a rental situation, that could be a real game changer buying them a puppy, couldn't it? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? The the number of people I get phoning me um, who want to rehome dogs because they've had to move for whatever circumstances, not always their own fault, mm. um, and they've had to move into a rental property and then they can't find one that's going to rent with a dog. And, and I know you can't preempt that, but certainly don't go giving a dog to a friend or to to a, um, a family member if you know that they're renting, and it's going to cause all sorts of problems. Because most most um, landlords aren't going to um, let you have a dog. No, I know that. Um, I, I quite like the idea of uh, I'll do an evaluation of the dog for rentals. That's quite a good thing if you if you ever need that kind of thing. That's quite a good thing to do as well, and then you can almost guarantee the dog's going to be a good dog. Mm. I see one of the things that could be a good thing to do and, and a real good gift could be buying someone some pet insurance for the pet that they choose yeah. themselves. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk more about some of the, You've got a thing about here, Fluffy wants a brush. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so... so um, Dogs, a lot of people buy dogs, don't they? Because they don't, especially the cockapoos, yeah? Because um, the poodle doesn't shed. I always say go and buy a poodle, it's a lot easier. But um, when you, uh, if you buy a dog, they're going to shed their fur right, mm-hmm. every year. And, and if they're stressed out and you're, you're providing a stress environment for them, they're going to shed a lot. So if your dog's constantly shedding, it's either too hot or it's um, quite stressed out. So that's something to look at as a, from a behavioral point of view. But um, you need to get your dogs regularly groomed, right? And that's not as easy as it sounds because groomers, there's not, I know there's quite a few groomers, but they get booked up so quickly. So so I went to book my um, setters in for a groom before Christmas, and I can't get them in until now, the end of January. Mm-hmm. So I have to learn how to how to groom my dogs, right? And and uh, obviously we've got lots of dogs, so we have to groom them quite a lot. But um, it can be it can be costly. Um, you need to know how to do it properly. You need to do it regularly. Mm. Um, and also, I think Charlie was talking about the the um, the health of the dog. Um, if you can keep their coat nice and good looking, then the health of the dog's way better as well. And if the dog's healthy, then the behaviour's much better as well. One of the things that people do more and more so these days is take their dog to a groomer and get it clipped when they don't need to be clipped. Some of them I know yeah. do, but there are breeds that need that coat stripped out like a border terrier. You yeah. need to strip yeah, yeah. out the top yeah. coat. 
Yeah, so the Border Collie and the Husky, all those kinds, they've got those triple coats and double coats, and mm. the last thing you want to do is clip them. Saying that, we've actually clipped our 15-and-a-half-year-old Border Collie because her coat is just, she's just old, and, and it's okay. just so much easier for her. So that's the only time you probably want to clip those if there's a medical reason. But certainly, find, again, it's that research, isn't it? Find out about your breed. Yeah, exactly. I, I tell you now, I took um, Fred, our big Irish setter, when he was younger, to a, to a groomer who told me she knew exactly what to do with Irish setters, and she clipped him mm. completely. And it took a year and a half for that coat to grow back. And if you know what Irish setters, it's a big, long, flowing coat. And you yeah. should never clip an Irish setter like that. So, yeah. All right. Good things. I'm good points. Good. For the best advice, I recommend you call now and have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs, 0800 844 747. You can text as well on 3920. Some people would love to get a dog, but they can't because they have allergies. What, which breeds don't get up your nose? Yeah, so it's mainly the, the fur and, and also the skin. Um, I'm not a not there obviously so I can't give them um, a lot of details on that but certainly there's some really classic breeds so the poodle if you want a dog that doesn't shed at all get a poodle or there's the Spanish water dog or the Portuguese water dog they're gorgeous oh. um, there's a great breeder um, who, who's my groomer in fact um, in Hamilton and um, breeds the Portuguese water dog yeah um, look them up they're stunning little dogs um, um, so there are breeds there that don't shed um, when may as well talk about the oodles here just just when you go and buy an oodle and they're quite expensive aren't they there's no guarantees they're going to they're not going to shed you need to make sure the lineage is good and it has to be i think the it has to be the first generation if you get like the retro doodles and that sort of stuff there's no guarantees and in fact i've had quite a few clients that have spent a lot of money on getting that that dog so it doesn't shed and in fact they do oh i see so be, be a bit careful it's not always the case okay that's really good to i don't know what a retro doodle is it just sounds oh, it's, bizarre it's a, it's a um, a poodle, uh, an oodle that's been mated with another oodle, I think. I don't know, I lose track, to be fair. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, look, I tell you what, some of the nicest dogs I've ever met have been crossbred, but at least when you buy a pedigree, you can read about what you're going to get. Is there an advantage for one over the other? Um, I think, oh, it's one of those things, that I think um, people always throw up their hybrid vigour, and they, and they talk about... The, um, if you crossbreed, then you might get a better um, immune system and, and health on the dog. So there's always that. Um, I don't know what the research is on that and whether it's true or not. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I think I think you've got to fall back on you know hundreds of years of, of, of breeding the characteristics that we want from a dog. Mm. So when you buy a, um, I don't know, say say an Irish setter, for example, when you buy an Irish setter, because that's been bred for many many years, we know the characteristics. Not to say that they're you're not going to get the odd dog that's a crazy thing. Mm. That's Irish setters, isn't it? I guess. Um, but you know what you're getting when you get the crosses. You're kind of getting a bit of everything, and it might be some of this and some of that. So, so the behaviours are a little bit erratic mm. sometimes. Um, at the end of the day, a dog's a dog, and if you're not giving the dog what they want, then you're going to get bad behaviour, whether it's a, whether mm. it's a pedigree or whether it's a, um, a crossbreed. So, you know. D- Darren Rowe's advice is not normally free, but it is right now. His job is being an animal a dog behaviourist, and he does a really good job at that. But you can actually call now, have a free chat, 0800 This text says, hi, Darren, we're getting, well, we're keen on getting a Hungarian Vizsla pup. I've heard they're a, a very active dog and need a lot of exercise. Would a Labrador Vizsla cross be less work? Um, probably more work, I would say. Um, you've, the the um, Hungarian Vizsla is... Um, 
they're full on dogs, definitely. Um, just remember as a puppy now, uh, and while we're on that note, puppies don't need lots of exercise you, and you shouldn't be giving your puppy loads of exercise because right. their growth plates are still forming and you're going to end up messing up their hips and that kind of stuff. Mm. So so we're not going to let our puppy under a year, right, um, run free in a paddock just at full ch- a full pelt. That's my, my pups are now seven months old and they're not running in our paddock. They're still mm. in a smaller area because that's really bad for them, yeah? Um, but you've got... Um, if you think about the visitor in a Labrador, you've got a very sociable dog and you've got the visitor, well, you've got two hunters for one, but you've got a very sociable hunter. Um, so I would say that's probably going to cause you more problems. Okay. They're going to want to go and see everybody. <laughs> Jeff has texted on 3920. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, by the way, the phone is the best way so you can have a good conversation. 0800 844 747. Should I clip my husky or just brush and wash it? Yeah, um, probably speak to a groomer. There might be a reason why you need to clip it, but as far as I'm aware, you don't clip huskies yeah. um, because of that triple coat. You're just going to clip it out, and it never comes back properly. It's always a just a mat. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you can buy these things called strippers. Mm. Um, the brushes are only about $50, they're not huge. <laughs> be careful what you're Googling with that one. I want to buy know, a yeah. stripper, honestly. <laughs> Rome- we, call it, we call it a rake as well. Maybe oh, that's sorry. a better one to use. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Alex's text saying, Roman, you need to buy a beautiful, loving Shih Tzu. I'm sure Darren would agree they're great for apartments, but they still love their walks. I don't really want a little dog, I've got to be honest, but I can't have a decent-sized dog in an apartment. But let's go back to that because people, you're seeing it all the time, people buying a dog they love, and they don't have the time, and they don't have the space, they don't even have a lawn. Why would you buy a big working dog in that environment? Um, I don't know, maybe a bit of arrogance. Um, uh, a lot of people have always wanted this dog, and they mm. don't really think about their lifestyle and their matching, um, but they've always wanted. The German Shepherd's the, the obvious one, isn't it? People get German Shepherds, they love them, they're beautiful dogs. I, I adore German Shepherd. Yeah. Um, but to get a German Shepherd and then stick it in a small courtyard is, is almost like a prison sentence for a German Shepherd. Yeah, it is. It must um, be the closest breed to, to actually having a wolf in your house. They're just a brilliant, very <laughs> smart dog. Here's a, a text from Bob, Bob's in Gore, and he says, we've adopted a three-year-old Neapolitan Mastiff, and he's not been well trained on a lead. Recommendations, please, for the best collar or halter to use for him. He is good-natured, but 60 kilos of pure muscle, says Bob. So definitely a harness of one of those guys. You don't want to go sticking anything on the neck because it's going to really hurt them if they pull that 80Ks or 60Ks or that. I was training one recently, actually. She, she's a big girl as well. Mm. Um, they're quite nervous dogs. They're, they're quite anxious dogs, um, or can be, the ones I've seen anyway. So, um, again, it's just down to building that relationship with you so that the dog wants to be with you. They, they're not massive pullers if you can teach them to walk with you. <laughs> mm. Use a harness. It's a lot easier. You don't want any pressure on that neck. Um, okay, and, and I don't like the halties personally because it changes the look of the dog um, and their face and then other dogs can't read them as much yeah and when I see those coming towards me I always think it's a dog that has a potential to bite just because it has that thing around their yeah. their mush yeah all right. and because it's such a great big one yeah. mm. so you've got here getting the snip I'm, I'm sure you mean for your <laughs> dog does that, does that make them less aggressive um, oh gosh that's the, that's the ultimate question isn't it mm. um in my experience, what I find is if a dog has developed that aggression and that behavioral trait um, as a puppy or as a younger dog, then it doesn't change it because it's all about communication. Dogs read each other. So if, they are, if they're not socialized when they're young, then they don't know how to do that. So that's, it's not going to change the behaviors, but testosterone kind of moderates and makes the dog a little bit loopy mm. um, because obviously it's a... The, it really enhances flight and fight. So you're probably going to get a much faster response and a much more intense response if the dog isn't neutered. Um, That being said, um, you go to a breed show again, there are hundreds of dogs there that are fully entire and you very rarely see a fight. 
Mm. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen one. So, mm -hmm. so it's just down to that socialization. But if you think about those dogs, they are socialized from very small puppies every week okay. all through the year. So it's all that socialization again. Mm. 27 past nine, still time to squeeze in a, a quick and concise call on mm. 0800 844 with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Seriously, I was being serious before. Do not buy me a puppy. Anyone who's listening who wants to buy me something, I wouldn't want someone buying me that sort of thing. And you've got here, don't buy a puppy from anyone if you have to pick it up from a petrol station or a supermarket car park. Why? Well, do you know what? I've heard some horrendous stories over the last couple of weeks where people have gone online and possibly trade me, but any of those sort of online uh, uh, puppy selling places. And um, what they've done is they think they're buying from a breeder. Hmm. Right? So it's all legit. They phone someone up and the woman says, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. This is the mum. This is the dad. And then when it comes to getting the puppy, it's actually they have to go and meet them at a petrol station or meet them at a supermarket um, car park. Uh, you've probably paid your money already, but alarm bells are ringing there because you want to go to the breeder and see the dog. Hmm. Yeah? Um, and it's basically puppy farms, and it's getting more and more. I think the SPCA shut one down a couple of months ago. Um, we're getting that problem. I saw that in the UK uh, or 10 years ago, um, and it's, it's probably still going on now, but hopefully they stopped it. But, um, yeah, it, it, just don't get your puppy. If you have to pick it up from a, pet, from a supermarket or something like that, just don't go there because you're going to end up with a dog that's not been wormed, not been vaccinated, probably um, not been socialised in that first eight weeks. Again, most important time. Mm. You're just picking up a, a bundle of, of, of money that you're going to need to then just fork out to the vets and, okay. and the behaviourist. Yeah. Last question here on the text machine. G'day, Darren. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Just wondering if you know much about the Akita breed and if they are very common in New Zealand. It's not a breed that I've met very much, I have to admit. Um, it's a... God, I'm going to sound, uh, I'm not, I don't really know much about the Akita. Um, I did, many, many years ago when we had our first pups, there was a lovely Akita that used to um, come out to the park and look after dogs. They're quite, we call him the police, the policeman of the group because he, basically, if there was anyone, any dogs that weren't doing what they were meant to be doing, he stepped in and just stopped it. So they're quite big, full-on dogs, and I think you need to be quite an experienced handler to do that. Okay. Um, if that person wants to um, email me, I can certainly get them in contact with them. Um, somebody that maybe knows more about that if they want to. All right, I'll give those details in just a moment. Final text, I'm squeezing this in. Hello, great yep. topic. Could you please advise, we had a wonderful golden lab for 15 years. He passed away 10 years ago. We'd like another dog, but we're in our 60s and we'd like an indoor dog for the company. We're not fans of tiny wee handbag dogs, but uh, we don't want a big Labrador again. We do walk a lot. What breed would you suggest perhaps? We also have four baby grandchildren as well. Thank you. Um, possibly not the right time to get a dog, I would say. Um, oh, okay. may maybe maybe um, borrow a dog. Um, mm. My first thoughts were to get a really big breed, like a Leon Burger, but with the four grandchildren, it's probably not a good thing because they don't need a lot of walking, but they they don't live for very long. That's um, huge, that's though, isn't it? Yeah. They aren't quite big, yeah. Um, mm. There's not a lot of dogs in between the small dogs and the Labrador, to be fair. Um, mm. Border Terrier! Yeah, well, yeah, you could. They're, they're not yes. easy dogs, Noah. They're not easy dogs, Noah. Oh, excuse um, me? I would I would probably go for a, a dare I say a small golden retriever but again we're talking 10 12 14 years there aren't we so mm, mm. yeah have a little think about it I would go for a border terrier just because they are the world's best breed seriously they are fantastic <laughs> Darren yeah. if people want to catch up with you and get further advice how do they find you yeah, you can find me on Instagram or you can find me on Facebook. Just type in Mindfulness for Dogs. Remember that left at number four. Or you can find me on my website, www.mindfulnessfordogs.com. Darren, thank you so much. You're always a wealth of information and I love catching up with you about the dogs. Thanks, yeah, thank you. All the very best. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. 
To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.